0: Hey folks, in this episode of the podcast, I sit down with Greg McMillan. He's an iPhone photographer, and we're going to talk about, is the iPhone ready for pro work? This is Twitter. Hey, welcome back to This Week in Photo. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Today, it's all about iPhone photography. Most of us, a lot of us, not all of us, but most of us have an iPhone or have used one in the past. And I'll tell you, from the days of the Palm Treo, remember those? The Palm Treo and the, the, you know, all these phones that that kind of could take photos, but they were really not photos. From those days till now has been a quantum leap and the quality that these these devices can put out. A lot of folks, however, still think we're back in the palm Treo and razor days with those substandard cameras. Um, I wanted to have this conversation with Greg because he is obviously being an iPhone photographer, a proponent of using this device to do all kinds of work. In fact, he's even writing a book about this kind of photography Um, so i wanted to have the discussion i wanted to have a discussion with someone who knows more about that form you know the art form of shooting with mobile devices than i do kind of get to the bottom of is it ready for professional work so greg mcmillan welcome to the podcast how's it going
1: it's going very well hello frederick Uh, it's it's absolutely an honor to talk to you. (laughs) I've been a big (laughs) fan for years.
0: (laughs) Oh, really? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, That means a lot. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for coming on, because this is, I think this is an important topic. You know, the, 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 the topic that's been sucking all the oxygen out of the photography genre room has been artificial intelligence and all that stuff right this and and if you want to get down to you know the the dna of it this kind of is that because there's some machine learning built into iphones that allows it to do some of the things it does but this isn't about ai this is about using the iphone for pro work and you know from the from someone who understands uh, the deep level of how it can or cannot be used for that. This is that discussion. So let's start. Let's start with introduction. So Greg McMillan, give us give us your elevator pitch of you know who you are when you're stuck in an elevator with some billionaire <laughs> CEO and they're like, so what do you do? Like what what do you, what do you say to
1: them? Yeah. Well. Okay. I guess it depends on how many floors we're going here. But <laughs> um, so I have been. Uh, interested in photography since a very young age. Um, my very first camera was like a one of those Kodak 110 film things and mm-hmm. uh, you know that so that goes way back and then years later I got into the SLR with the film and uh, then obviously the move to digital. So you know I used to have a lot of Canon gear and once I started like I was a Blackberry fanatic bef- mm-hmm. even when the iPhone first came out and when I saw an image that a friend of mine took with an iPhone four, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the iPhone that really broke it for photography. Like it it really broke through. And when I saw an image he took, I thought, well, what am I doing with these blackberries? You know, these, the, the cameras in these things are, you know, three megapixels or whatever they were. So I started looking at, paying a little more attention to the Apple stuff and what they were doing. And, uh, the 4s was my first iphone and i had a lot of fun with it um you know i i I did a in 2012 of all years a leap year i did a a 366 project i guess you could say Mm. where i took a photo edited it and put it on instagram in the same day and that really got me going with the uh you know with the different apps and all that stuff so you know that that kind of sparked my interest in it and then i really started to through Instagram, I really started to see how popular this was getting to be. And it wasn't really just, you know, popular, it was a movement, right? Mobile photography had become a movement. And uh, over the years now, since then, uh, I started using my Canon stuff less and using my iPhone more. You know, I went from the 4S to the 5S to the, I was on the S cycle for a few years. And when I had my 6S, My Canon stuff sat in the closet for far too long, and I thought, okay, maybe I need to make a decision. And I decided to sell all my Canon stuff, and it was basically July of 2016. And I've been using an iPhone ever since, and I don't regret it at all. Um, It's, you know, I could lug 20 pounds of gear in my back. Or I can put a phone in my pocket and away I go, <laughs> you know. And yeah. I, I know I did this knowing full well that there will be limitations, and that's a challenge that I accepted. And you know that that's the thing that kind of beat me up for a few years, or not, not a few years, a few months, I guess.
0: Yeah.
1: When I started thinking about making the jump, and I thought, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna jump in with both feet and deal with the limitations as they come, and it's, it's just been fun. It's been a fun ride and I can't see myself. I can't see myself getting another traditional camera. I just can't see it. And I so think, I'm, yeah, I'm that's in,
0: and, and I'm somewhere in between, right? Cause on one side I'm a Nikon shooter. All right. So I got a Nikon mm-hmm. bag with, with the holy trinity of lenses in it, you know, uh, and I love it, you know, over there, but, and and what i'm on right now is a lumix this is a lumix what is this camera uh s52 that i'm on so mm-hmm. mirrorless camera so i'm using mirrorless for this i don't have to i don't I you know i have a i could plug this phone in and use it as my webcam if i want and i could grab my phone and take it out and do photography um, but f- myself like many people are in that ugh, is it ready yet? You know, can I, you know, should I, should I just leave the bag at home and just take my phone, you know, on this trip that I'm going on? Or am I gonna miss it? You know, that, that resistance that your brain builds and you're like, oh no, phone's not ready yet. I gotta bring, I gotta bring my proper kit, or else I'm not a real photographer, right? (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) how did you make that leap? How did you make the leap from okay, I can leave the Canon stuff at home, and it's okay to just bring the phone as my primary image capture device? How'd you How'd you get
1: there? I think what what really the the biggest catalyst was the fact that there were so many people, and and it it, it still happens today. But there there were so many people who could not accept the fact that this is a camera, mm-hmm. and I was a real. Um, I really fought for the cause for the iPhone photography community. Yes, it is a camera. Uh, it has a sensor. It has um, it has a shutter and all that stuff. It's a camera, and so I guess part of it was trying to prove that to the world yeah. in a way. Now I don't take photos as a professional. I don't get paid to do it, so I guess that was that made it a little easier. Mm-hmm. It, it's a hobby for me and uh um you know it just uh it became so much fun that yeah. i i just you know and and you know and that's the word
0: yeah. right fun that's the thing that it's that amazing. is totally the word because it, it's an, not that shooting with a traditional quote traditional camera you know state of the art mirrorless nikon Z, <laughs> z6 yeah. over there right is is not like that is not fun because it's a different kind of fun i think the, where I think of fun shooting with my phone, you know, notwithstanding the un- endless number of apps that you can install to do an endless number of things with the images you capture, but just yeah. the lightness and the portability and you're you're out and about and. You don't. It's not a commitment. Like maybe that's the word. It's it's Mm -hmm. more fun because it's not a commitment to the backpack. (laughs) You know, and going out. And you're a photographer, and you're you know everyone knows you're a photographer because you got the big lens and the camera and all that. With the phone, you're just like everybody else, but you happen to you know know a little bit more about lighting and
1: composition. You know, you know, and and with street photography, I mean, using a phone. And, and this is weird to me, but using a phone is so much more acceptable by like accepted by people on the street than if you pulled out your Nikon, you know, with a 200 millimeter lens on it or whatever. And those are the cameras that people don't want pointed at them. Whereas you point an iPhone at them, they don't stop and think that, okay, you could take a picture on the street, which is legal be, you know, it's, it's open public domain, it's public, but yeah. you can have that. You can have that on the internet, whether it's uh Flickr or, um, Instagram or wherever in seconds. And mm-hmm. what are they going to do? You know, <clears throat> but, yeah. um, you know, more and more professionals are starting to play around with these things and, um, I, I can't remember if you had him on your show or not. Rick Salmon. I yeah. interviewed him oh, on the yeah. podcast a while ago. Yeah, And yeah. He, I mean, he uh, he went to Morocco. And then when he got back, he came on my podcast and we talked about his trip. And he said he took just his iPhone on that trip. Wow. He left all the other stuff at home. Yeah, And he had a blast. And and yeah. the pictures he came up with were great. It's a quality of life thing, isn't it, Greg?
0: Because... Uh, on the one hand, I have just gone on a trip, and uh, I left my I went to Idaho. I'm in Silicon Valley in California right now. We had a corporate trip up to up to um, Coeur d'Alene up in in Idaho, uh, Coeur d'Alene Resort around the lake up in Idaho, and you know i'm looking at doing my research i'm looking at all the photos you know like oh this is going to be beautiful look at all these opportunities yeah. so that made it even harder but i still left it at home i left the i left mm-hmm. the nikon at home cuz it's not a photography trip even though i'm going with a photography company right it's not about yeah, shooting yeah. i don't want to have all that baggage i don't want to have to worry about someone stealing it and you know plus i my phone is an iphone 14 pro max right mm-hmm. and it's yep. if that can't do it right so and so I ended up leaving it home and it was great. I don't I have no regrets. In fact, I probably got shots that I wouldn't have gotten with the Nikon had I taken it just for for various reasons. And I'm curious in just just an anecdote to that. The other side of that is making the decision to or not to bring your laptop with you. Right. Because that's the next that's the next thing for me when I travel. It's like got to have the computer, got to have the camera, you know, just in case I need to get some real work done. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, On this trip, I did bring the MacBook Pro, but I considered just bringing the iPad and, you know, just letting that be it. That that speaking of fun, just the the mindset of being able to go somewhere with just a phone and an iPad and your clothes or whatever and your carry on. How liberating Mm -hmm. is that? How liberating oh, yeah. that you don't you don't have to worry about the weight. You don't have to worry about the, you know, the, the it being stolen because you can hide it really easily in your luggage. It's just a whole nother yeah. dimension changes your whole loadout to on going on trips. It's like, OK, now I don't have to bring that extra bag. I can just bring a carry on now because it's just an iPad. My phone's in my pocket. Got my AirPods. Yeah good to go. So, you know, yep. that said, like when you look back at your DSLR world or your mirrorless world, the traditional cameras, bodies, lenses, and all that, do you think, is that a, a world that is diminishing? Cause, and I say that, let me frame that because I look at the, the, the people, the audience of content that's out there consuming what we as content creators and photographers produce is consuming it. They're consuming it on phones for the most part. That's where the audience is. If I look at the, if I look at the numbers for twip and who's, consuming the content of twip it's vastly tilted towards mobile and increasingly Mm -hmm. so over the years then it makes sense right so especially with photography people are on instagram scrolling or threads or facebook or whatever right and they're scrolling on the phone that's where they are they're not coming to a proper computer and looking up you know so the question is is that type of photography the traditional photography with the dslrs and mirrorless of course they're there are plenty of uses that iPhone can't do, right? So I know that I recognize yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, are we heading towards a world where those are the horses, you know, and Ford is coming? <laughs> Ford is coming yeah. with the <laughs> yeah. Model T, or in other words, yeah. the mirrorless cameras are the cameras of the past, and iPhones are kind of the electric. Cars of the future and the way forward, you know, depending on your perspective. What do you, how do you feel about that? Is it, are we doing that or is it, is it,
1: can both, ex- can both coexist happily? I think it's doing that a little bit, but I don't think like the, the mirrorless, I'm not sure about the DSLR market, but the mirrorless yeah. market, I think, is here to stay for quite some time. Um, there's so many. Like I follow a lot of photographers on YouTube and watch their videos and stuff, and you know they're 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 not using phones for their stuff; they're using mirrorless cameras and big lenses and stuff like that. I mean, because the quality is so much better from that type of type of camera, so yeah. I think you know and and I know well, I don't know, but I mean, I'm quite sure a lot of them will take their phone with them um whether it's for scouting purposes or just to take a a photo and geotag it you know so they they can track where they've been go back to it later um but they're not using their phones in the same way they use their bigger cameras uh and and i mean i totally get that i i I do um so i think i think with the increase of usage for mobile phones i think that path did kind of go like this a little bit but i think it's starting to level out to where they're coexisting a lot more now um or or not so much a lot more but i mean i think they're they're still going to coexist Mm -hmm. um especially with professional photographers they're not gonna they're not gonna stop using their traditional cameras their mirrorless and all that stuff just to use an iphone they're not, they're not yeah. going to do it. I just can't see it.
0: Not today. Not not today. I, I no. totally agree. I've spoken with photographers that, you know, they may want to and they may know that the phone can do a ton of stuff that they can't even do with their, their big camera. But part of it is, it's just not quite ready yet. That's what they'll say. And then on the other yeah. side of it is... Um, the theater, I call it the theater of photography, like where mm-hmm. you have a client. And we were talking about this in the green room, right? There's you have a client that is expecting you to show up at a wedding, or maybe it's a commercial shoot or a fashion shoot, and you know you can do the job with your with your iPhone and get it done. It'll be great, um, but you're going to show up. You need to show up with expensive gear. You know that's the theater yeah. of it. You need to show up with gear that looks like you are worth that five-figure invoice (laughs) right you you build them five figures for the day and then you show up with a a phone that's less capable than the client you know to shoot this job they're going to be scratching their head and the 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 asterisk on that is okay if you're rick salmon or annie lebowitz or someone of note like that that's that's Mm -hmm. shooting doesn't matter what you shoot with, right? You could, you're just showing up, and you they know automatically that you that is just your process, and you're going to produce a saleable quality of work. But if you're just Joe Blow, Frederick showing up in there with the iPhone, <laughs> after I sold you this bill of goods on what I can do, they're going to be scratching their head at least until they get the results, right? So yeah, do you yeah, do you agree sure. with that? The whole theater thing where we're kind yeah. of in that mode
1: of. Of you gotta gotta fake it a little bit <laughs> I don't know. yeah what do you think? yeah and uh, like a, another point about you know these versus the uh, mirrorless cameras and that is the optics on this I mean as good as it is it's still not as good as good quality glass yeah you know? like yeah like you know you, you can't beat optics um, that's just a fact so it like it, i got the 14 pro max as well and as you know the Mm -hmm. 48 megapixel sensor takes a really good photo it's insane but it's not going to be as good as uh, say a 50 megapixel mirrorless it's it's just because of the glass because what's how the lights getting to the sensor it's it's just not going to be as good and you know for me personally because i'm not a professional i'm okay with that um I take, you know, pictures with this thing and I post them and I really like what I post. And if people like it, then that's a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's
0: such a, it's such an interesting conversation because a lot of it, the other, another aspect, many aspects, many facets to this diamond, right? One of the facets is the joy of photography, right? And many, and people, people, Extract joy from the photography in different ways. Some people just love the post-processing and compositing like my friend my friend Renee Robin She says she when she goes out on trips or whatever and she's taking photos of brick walls and dirt and s- Clouds and all that she's capturing raw materials that she'll later mm-hmm. synthesize into something amazing and that's her process That's where she finds joy. Some people find joy and just I love the glass You know the heft yeah, of the camera yeah. this mechanics that I get to hold in my hand and I under- I love playing with f-stops and shutter speeds to get the precise, you know, all that. It's the, the joy of the journey versus the destination. And some people love the destination. With, with iPhones, it shifts a little bit, almost like going from a, a, a combustion car to an electric car, right? It's shifting mm-hmm, yeah. the people that drive combustion cars or that are in car or that are car enthusiasts love the shift. They love the sound of the engine. They love modifying. They love all those things. And that's part of the overall experience. Driving is part of it, but not all of it. Right. And on the electric yeah. car side, it's the same kind of calculus. It's I love the the technology and self-driving and efficiency and environmental stuff and all that. So there's different reasons for each one. Neither one is, you know, you can say is correct. They're both correct. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting where this all goes. I'm curious from your from your perspective, do you from, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll couch it like this. The. I feel like mobile, or not even mo- not mobile, but uh, mirrorless camera manufacturers, Nikon, Canon, Sony, Fuji, on and on and on, you know, Panasonic with Lumix, et cetera. I feel like they are woefully behind phones in terms of being smart enough to create an ecosystem around their cameras versus just leaning into, hey, we got a new piece of glass. Hey, we've upped the resolution. Hey, it focuses faster. You know, why not put those dollars towards a proper app store and maybe adding a cellular modem into the cameras so that you can access the app store and upload. So do some of the things that you can do on the phone, or if not all of them, with proper glass right why? yeah and i think <laughs> why I heard
1: you talk about this i think yes, I heard you talk about i've been this. preaching and I that Don <laughs> Yeah, um, you you said something about it'd be nice to be able to go on the back of your camera touch that screen and go to an app store and get an app. I'm I'm, I'm quite certain it was you I heard say Uh that, so yeah.
0: Yeah, it was, Yeah, it was. Yeah, how come we can't do that? I mean, it's a computer, right? It's just a computer with like anything else. And don't tell me that you can't, oh, you can't fit all this stuff into these camera bodies. These camera bodies, (laughs) you could fit a lot in there. And if you could do it, if I could make phone calls from this, right? I could, you could put all of this tech in my phone, in my camera. and, yeah. and give me the ability to do all those zeros things.
1: when you get down to it. Really, it's all <laughs> yeah. ones and zeros.
0: You know, I wonder it, why it's, it's they don't stronger. do that. Like, like what if one camera manufacturer decided to do it, then, you know, the seal is broken at that point, If especially if it was popular. I know some people say, yeah, well, Lumix or Panasonic released a camera that had an app store or Sony did it, you know, with their kind of attempt at it. That was nothing compared to what Apple and, and, you know, uh, Google, et cetera, are doing with their App Store initiatives. I'm talking do something at that level or better for the for the the content creator industry, because there's so many opportunities from a pro standpoint, being able to upload and, you know, do all the things that a photojournalist or any genre of photographer, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, as well as. From a consumer standpoint, like, what if Greg McMillan wanted to create a version of you that shows up in a in a camera that says, "Okay, I'm mm-hmm. going to teach you how to take photos of the Milky Way." Okay, first, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna set your camera to the proper settings,
1: you know. So, you know, what, yeah. oh yeah, why not? You know, that would yeah. be amazing. And, and imagine so, yeah. portrait mode on a mirrorless yeah. camera. You right. Know, it's it's it. I mean with the glass you get a very good portrait but can you imagine being able to change the f-stop after the fact like you can with an iphone yeah how big would that be
0: that would be amazing or or just racking up a little bit or zooming out as it were just the the idea of computational photography applied to a mirrorless camera with interchangeable lenses seems like magic and you know, I would if I had all the money in the world, or at least some of the money in the world. Right, I would, <laughs> yeah. I, I would look at this industry, the the mirrorless industry, as an industry that's ripe for disruption. It is ripe for disruption where a, a big player like Apple or Google or Adobe or whomever. I would pick Apple to be honest with you, because Apple already has experience building digital cameras. They did the quick take way back in the the 90s. I think it was the Mm -hmm. Apple quick take and a number of other Imaging things. What if Apple was to say, okay, we're gonna take a fresh look at this industry and we're going to uh, First of all, we're gonna buy Nikon so we can get their glass works So we got all the (laughs) glass, you know, but we're gonna reinvent this body uh, And use our smarts and computational photography and miniaturization and all the things we're gonna create a new kind of camera that does all the things that your iPhone can do for the most part with an App Store ecosystem and all that. But it's pro right this is a pro phone mm-hmm. or prosumer and a pro level you know how they do they'll be the 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 apple yeah. camera and then the apple camera pro that does all the yeah, other things or the ultra <laughs> or the ultra yeah yeah so why do you think that's a possibility like do you think we're we ever hit the the era where or the, the time where someone like apple or someone with deep pockets would come in and disrupt the the industry
1: maybe someday but i just can't yeah. see it happening anytime too soon and when Ugh. i when anytime too soon it's like probably in the next five ten years i just can't see it happening uh i mean i mean i've heard it, but you know what maybe it'll be sooner than later because i've heard that the iphone's days are numbered mm. now whether that has something to do with the vision pro or what i don't know but um i i heard somewhere i don't know I don't know where it was, whether it was a blog post I read or I heard it on a podcast somewhere, but somebody has a speculation that the iPhone may not exist in five years. So if that's the case, if that's the case, are they going to rely on Vision Pro to, be do, to do all the photography? I, you know, I can't see it. I can't see yeah. the iPhone not existing without some form of replacement for photography because the 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 biggest thing about the iPhone is the, is the camera system. In my opinion, that that they, they've went, they've gone from like two seconds or or a second of airtime in the iPhone announcement to, you know, 15 minutes of it. And so that, that, that says a lot right there. It does. Yeah. I can't see the
0: iPhone going away either. I can see them pivoting it. Uh, and maybe rebranding, maybe that's the idea. Yeah. Cause yeah, the, the name, the name or the word iPhone doesn't really fit the device anymore. Cause the phone is, is just one little tiny app that I barely use on the phone right <laughs> yeah, now. Exactly. So why call it a phone, you know, Um uh, it, but on the other side of the the coin, younger people, you know, know the word "phone" as meaning a device that does many things, like this. So maybe yeah, we've yeah. redefined the word "phone." You know, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, and then you bring up a good point with with the Apple Vision Pro headset and the the part of that keynote. I'm sure you watched that the, the keynote yeah. where mm-hmm. they were talking about you could take photos with it right? So you can take these yeah. 3D spatial photos with the headset. No one's going to be running around shooting a wedding with a headset on, oh. but I, I can <laughs> totally imagine, I, yeah, I can totally imagine them putting a level of, of uh, functionality into these phones that allow you to capture for that environment. These have LiDAR and all the things in them, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I can see them doing that as kind of a step one. I would love to see Apple develop a professional Suite or device specifically for creating content for the Vision Pro, that would be amazing, right? Because now, especially yeah. if Vision Pro takes off, it doesn't get, it doesn't go the route of Google Glass. But if it t- if it takes off and becomes like Apple s- thinks it will be, sort of a, a an iPhone level in, in terms of popularity device, then the thirst for content for that device is going to explode from all levels from hollywood all the way down to podcasting and vloggers and all that we'll need to figure yeah. out how to make great content for these devices and they're going to need i wouldn't do, you're going to need I, hardware
1: yeah and i wouldn't be surprised if the uh roadmap for the iphone has that specifically in mind Yeah, Uh, like we've been waiting for a a better zoom or like call it a periscope zoom or whatever. We've been waiting for that for the iPhone for probably three or four years now. And I wouldn't be surprised if whatever they come up with in the next version or the one after uh, something, whether it's hardware and software or even just software based, that will be to enhance the Vision Pro experience. Because yeah. by then, like by by probably in two or three years, the Vision Pro, in my opinion, would be more um, suitable for consumer use as opposed to enterprise, which is kind of what it's looking like now. Yeah, yeah. I mean the price point,
0: right? The that price point mm. is the big barrier.
1: And I look at that price point, what did they say it was gonna cost? I
0: forget. Was it $3,500 $3, US. Thirty five hundred dollars yeah. US, yeah. Yeah, I see that as a as a developer preview. Right. there's no yeah. way that, you know, if you kind of looking at what Tim Cook said back in the, you know, when before it was announced as he was kind of teasing that this thing was coming years ago, uh, he said that this was going to be bigger than the iPhone and, you know, yada, 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 all the things. No way it's going to be bigger than the iPhone at thirty five hundred dollars U.S., which uh, means no. <laughs> this is a developer preview. It's and going there will to be, be a physically mu- bigger, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. About it for now. Yeah, I feel like yeah, it's going to I feel like it would be more in the range of $1,000, 1500 or something like that for people to get into with probably yeah, different yeah. levels of functionality at higher prices. I you know, knowing yeah. knowing I mean, Apple this re- like, Yeah,
1: they've got to recover some of the R&D money, right? Oh yeah, and absolutely. E- and they've got more money than always- m- more money than oh. a lot of countries, right? So they have... They... they probably just got the change
0: out of their couch to develop this thing. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Exactly. Like, here. Here's a couple of trillion. Let's throw it at them. Yeah. 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 You look at it, you know, you think of people like us that that have, you know, kind of, you know, normal means, you know, in terms of influence and, and money to do things with. Apple is not, it's not a business that has to hope things work in their direction so that this idea that they had will work, right? They have an unfair advantage in terms of uh, revenue, you know, cash on hand to put towards this. They can make something successful. They have the ability, I mean, all these people that have these in their hands, like the brand, it's not a, okay, let's write a business plan and see if we can't get this many people to know about it and brand recognition and this, none of that calculus works with Apple. It's like, okay if apple decided to sell lawnmowers tomorrow it would be successful <laughs> <laughs> because they know people would buy them <laughs> they would buy them yeah it's the iMower, and it does all yeah, these crazy yeah. things yeah there's an app store for it too if you want to do patterns yep. in your lawn <laughs> <laughs> you know? So yeah, it's interesting. So I'm I'm really excited to see what's going to happen with that with that Vision Pro and how the future versions of iPhone or even current versions of iPhone will tie into that ecosystem that they're building because you can see it right. This is one of those things. Oh yeah, y- you oh, can yeah. see the patterns in the chaos, especially with the Disney the Disney folks coming on stage yep. at the introduction. You could see where it's going already, and yeah. it's it's yeah. yeah it's 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 gonna be if if it plays out the way they think it's gonna play out, it should be an exciting time over the next couple of years to see this whole new form of of content creation and consumption evolve from nothing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely, yep, yeah. You know, I wanted to I wanted to uh, switch gears a little bit and talk about the apps that you are using as an iPhone photographer and iPhone predominant photographers like what what's on your phone right now
1: in in your your go-to folder of apps well I use reflex pro camera as my regular camera Uh, I mean unless I need to take a quick snapshot of something um, or if I want to use the 2x um, focal range or whatever Uh, Mm -hmm. of the Apple camera like that that 2x is really a nice sweet spot it's it's like 48 millimeter Um, but I use reflex a lot Um, I use their reheld app to do handheld long exposures it's great for up to 30 seconds and it it does an amazing job Um, I had the developer on my podcast talking about how it all works and all that stuff so it was really interesting but um, for editing uh, gosh it depends on you know I'll, I'll probably use darkroom mm-hmm. sometimes i'll use the photos app i mean it's just great for, for it's great it yeah but I'm, I'm a technical guy i like to have the histogram on when i'm shooting and when i'm editing so I, i'll use darkroom or maybe raw power raw power as you know was made by the team behind aperture which we all miss so much um, um on the mac but uh so raw power is really good and what i like about raw power is it has the local tone mapping slider on it. So if you shoot a ProRAW image, you can slide that down to remove some of the, I call it Apple's secret sauce that they put in the ProRAW file. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, it makes it a little more subtle and you get a little more of the raw image come out, come out from behind it. Um, oh gosh. If I told you how many apps I have on my iPhone.
0: <laughs> I know, I'm the same well way. well over 200. <laughs> Wow. You have to send me what? a screenshot. Send me a screenshot of your app folder so I could put it in the in the show notes for this episode.
1: Well, um, uh, yeah, I'll send a screenshot of, of the about part that shows how many apps I have, and then yeah. I'll send you some a screenshot of, of of what like basically the apps that I have it's, perfect. It's crazy. But it's you know, a lot. in my defense. In my defense, because I do a podcast about this stuff, I feel I have to have a bunch of these apps in case I need to talk about them yeah <laughs> so, yeah yeah that's you know, that's, that's your just... justification <laughs> that's that is <laughs> but i yeah. mean as far as is the apps i use regularly um yeah reflex for shooting uh darkroom raw power you know a photo mater's is good for editing mm-hmm. um you know but you know i have lightroom mobile uh mm-hmm. i'm not, I'm not a, a subscriber to adobe because i can't justify it um yeah. but So most of my workflow is on the phone, but yet I'm not afraid to do some stuff on the Mac. Uh, I have the uh, the 24-inch iMac, so it's got a nice big screen. And I have Affinity Photo on there for, you know, Photoshop-ish stuff because it's pretty powerful. I have uh, Pixelmator Pro on there. I have Photomator. I have Darkroom. It has a desktop. Raw Power has a desktop version so i have all these things that if i want to see it on the bigger screen they have basically the same functionality as the phone does and you know these old eyes are getting a little tired sometimes so it's nice (laughs) to have that bigger view but um uh gosh you know anything else that i would use would only be occasionally you know like um uh uh dramatic black and white or you know something like that. Something if I'm just kind of in a in a mood to put together a black and white, you know, I may open that app up. Um but, you know, it's I have so many different ones, you know, some that I used to play around with, like um lens distortions and things like Mm -hmm. that. If I wanna, you know put a a big moon in the sky that's not really there or whatever, you know, things like that. And I'll make sure it's behind the clouds. (laughs) But uh You know, it's, it's, there's so many different things that I could play around with, but, uh, I, I would say day to day it's, you know, the reflex reheld and, uh, um, darkroom, maybe raw power, that, that type of thing for, for daily stuff. Yeah. So, you know, it's refreshing to hear, uh, that you're n-
0: not a mobile or iOS purist right no i'm not going to use the mac anymore Um, everything's got to be on ios maybe as a stretch ipad os but everything has to be on the phone because you know it's that the mark of an artist is you know i'm going to use the whatever tools i need to use to to execute the vision i have in my head and if it takes okay i can't get it done over here i'm going to bring it over to the mac and you know, spool up Affinity Photo and get it done there. It's all about the mm-hmm. final image. So that's that's refreshing yeah. to hear. Yeah. Yep. And the and the the other thing I wanna throw in there that came to mind as you were talking is the fact that the mindset I think, for me at least, I'm, I'm sh- I want to see if you agree with this, but the mindset around mobile photography is a little bit different when it comes to the apps that you can use, you know, to to modify or process your images. It's not a okay. I need to be a Photoshop whiz in this one application, and because it can do everything, and I need to figure out how to do all the things in this app on the mobile side. It's uh, a library of single-use apps that do one or a couple of things exceedingly well, maybe better than the desktop can do, but you're not really limited. And I don't even think the expectation is you're going to have a one-size-fits-all Hydra Medusa app in there that's going to do everything you, you could possibly get done to your image. The idea is you're going to process it. Then you're going to like you were saying, you if you want it black and white, you can go into, you know, dramatic black and white. Or you can go over here. You can go and focus the focus app and mess with the yeah. bokeh. You can do mm-hmm. all the things yeah. with different apps and pass your your image to different apps to do different things to them. That's a, have you found that as a, as a sort of a mindset, mindset shift for you and the people that you speak to or teach on this stuff? Um,
1: yeah, there's, there are some people that think Snapseed is the be all end all of editing. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It is pretty powerful. You know, it is pretty powerful. It has so many features in it, but, uh, uh, to my knowledge, it hasn't been updated on iOS for quite some time. On on Android, right. yes, but on iOS, it hasn't really been updated for, I think, well over a year, unless, unless one At snuck least. by that I didn't see. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, uh, I think, okay, the, the nice thing about shooting with an iPhone is the fact that there are so many choices for apps, and I think everybody will have like people that are just starting out. I experienced this a lot in some Facebook groups that I'm in. People people wonder, okay, what am I going to use to edit with, and, and you know all this stuff. Um, in fact, the, just the other day, this lady posted a picture of a nice little waterfall, um, and, and you know, she says, "Help me out. What could I do to make this better?" So I said, "Okay, can I download the image and do an edit and show you what it means?" She says, "Yeah, by all means." So I did that, and i I did the edit, and I sent screenshots of all the stuff and I just did it in the photos app, but I sent screenshots of all the edits I did and explained why I did this, why I did that, and mm-hmm. she thought that was fantastic um but it uh I'm trying to get back to the point here um i I don't know if people are are relegating themselves to just one single means of editing. Uh, I think the, the more they get into this, the more they explore, I think the wider range of things they are going to try. And yeah, I think the the biggest stumbling block will be the fact that some of these apps are subscription based and yeah, uh, I pay for a subscription for a couple of them because I use them, right? I'm not afraid to pay for something that I'm going to use regularly all the time, but Absolutely. there's a lot of them that, um, like, okay, lightroom mobile Uh, like i said before i don't subscribe to adobe stuff because i just can't justify the cost um and i just don't use it enough to do that so if i you know if i sold pictures and made money with it i would probably probably pay for it but i'm just not there so um I, i yeah i just uh i i do have some that i use regularly but uh i think i think most people will realize that with with the selection and with the choices that are available, they may they may kind of broaden their horizons with what they're using.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's a vast a vast ecosystem or world of apps and techniques and training and all that stuff that it's 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 very weird because it's almost like just below the surface there's all this yeah. stuff going on that's happening yeah. with the you know that that pertains to the device that you probably have in your pocket already and that you've been kind of overlooking for for all these other shiny objects that are that are trying to get our attention um, thank you thanks for doing this interview I know we're running a little bit long are you okay with a couple of more questions I just want to I want sure, to stuff all day (laughs) i love it i love it okay so on my list i know you have a podcast so i want to talk about your what your podcast is about and uh well let's start there so you what's the podcast about i'm guessing
1: i can i'm guessing iphone photography but tell me (laughs) tell me more (laughs) well it's called the iPhoneography podcast and um so just a a quick backstory i started by podcasting adventures um, on tiny shutter which was at that time the only podcast about iPhone photography and you know, I started on as a guest and then they brought me on as a co-host and Mm -hmm. you know, it ran for nine years and the guys that were on it before I came along even, uh, I guess they decided they'd done it enough and they wanted to kind of call it a day. So that was fine. So before it had ended, I had already started another, my own, um, through a community that I ran on the Mighty Networks, and it was called the Artful Eye Photography Community. Hmm. And Mm -hmm. what I did there was I interviewed people in the community. So it was basically like an interview show. And I had, um, oh, I forget, something in the teens um, by the time Tiny Shutter stopped. And Mark Sadowski, one of the co-founders of Tiny Shutter, said, hey, why don't you change your podcast, call it what you want, and take over what we were doing on Tiny Shutter. So I did. Uh, so now it's all, it's about anything iphonography phonography related. And uh, my co-host, Dave Podner, he was a co-host on Tiny Shutter before I was. And I said, you know, Dave, what are you doing? <laughs> and I said, do you want to come with me? And he says, sure. So he's, he's, he's located in Pittsburgh. I'm up here in Canada. And, um, you know, we have a lot of fun with it and we do it. Uh, every, every other week because my work schedule gets in the way but um, but yeah it's it's a lot of fun and uh, uh, you know it's um, it's growing I think slowly growing and uh, uh, I just love That's doing it
0: it's great it's great what it, I mean thank you for doing it because it is I think it's a it's it, the the direction that iPhone photography and the training around it and the ecosystem can go is only up and to the right right because it is yeah. the phones get better and better and more capable and more indistinguishable from what we're shooting with with you know proper glass uh, it, it can mm-hmm. only get yeah. more popular you know here here's a here's an outside question for you um, what do you think of people that shoot with iPads as their primary camera. Is that legal in your world? (laughs) (laughs) I think,
1: I think it's okay because if they have an iPad and they don't have an iPhone, then that's their camera, right? It's the newer, the newer iPads are getting, starting to get better and better with their camera system. Um, they're starting to put uh, a camera in it that might be a year or two old on the iPhone but it's still a lot better than what it used to be. Um, my wife has an iPad Air. I think it's the fourth one. Mm-hmm. And it's not bad. It's probably like the, maybe like the iPhone um, 10 was maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what camera's in it, to be honest with you. She doesn't take pictures with it. She's got an iPhone. But, yeah. um, uh, but you know, if that's all they have, more power to them and use it now yeah if i'm at a concert and they're holding their thing up like this in front of it <laughs> that's what i take issue with it but uh <laughs> but you know like, hey, down uh, in front down in front <laughs> yeah but um you know and some people think it looks silly yeah. maybe it does but it doesn't matter i mean i was at a um a a riverbank a couple years ago and i was taking pictures of these boats sitting on a little dock or whatever and there's a lady standing there taking this these pictures with her ipad and i thought yeah okay it's not a big deal it's 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 she's getting a picture right so some people might look at it as like maybe that's maybe they're thinking they're using like the old style camera where you put the hood over your head you know and put (laughs) this the 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 uh, whatever you call it in the slate or whatever, Uh, you know, maybe that's kind of the vibe they've got when they do that. I don't know, but um, no, I, I really don't take issue with it because if that's all they got, then what else are you going to do? So that's how
0: I got yeah. it. you know, it was it. I, I don't know if, if Chase Jarvis coined the phrase or if he got it from somewhere else, but I remember him saying uh, the best camera is the one you have with you, right? Um, yeah, yeah, And if it, if if you know, you, you got to get the shot, or if, even if it's the, the iPad is your primary camera, like you said, you know, no shame. Yeah, go and yeah. capture. Go forth and capture. In a lot of ways, especially if if you're using a late model iPad that has really good optics on it or a really good camera on it. What a, what a great workflow, right? To shoot oh, and yeah. edit with a pen <laughs> yeah. on the same device. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's that's science fiction level right there, yeah. being able to, to capture. Um, you know, one other thing is, this isn't specifically photography related, but though kind of, uh, the world of video is maturing on iOS, right? We've seen DaVinci Resolve get ported over to iOS. Um, of course, LumaFusion is on iPhone and iPad. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a, a number of, of other lesser known apps that are available for people that want to edit video on their on their phone. Do you, what do you think about that space? I mean, uh, you know, I know you're, you're likely not a video editor yourself, but you know, looking at how people are sort of coming to the iPhone in some cases as the path of least resistance to content creation. Even vloggers like MKBHD, I don't yeah. know if you're familiar yeah. with him, Marques, Marques Brownlee. Yeah, yeah he's, he spun up a, a, uh, another channel that's dedicated to his other passion, which is cars, right? And mm-hmm. he made the commitment to shoot the whole thing on iPhone. And it looks great. I mean, it's a great, great, great. He's a, you know, he's an unfairly talented guy, you know, so there's there's that on top (laughs) of it. but still right he's doing this great content and generating millions of views with a device that we all have like i I just want to get your thoughts on that space and the content creation vlogger podcaster space as it applies to using the iphone instead of a quote proper computer What what do you think about that
1: yeah well i love that it's available for everybody to do Um, I've, I've played around with LumaFusion, uh, iMovie, like these, these things are on the iPhone, uh, CapCut, that's another one. And, Mm. um, you know, uh, if I, if I'm doing a serious video though, I'll, I'll use DaVinci Resolve on my, on my iMac. Um, but you know, I can, I can throw something together pretty quick in, in even just iMovie on the iPhone and, and. I mean it it works really good until it doesn't right and then then mm-hmm. I have to move into something different like maybe lumafusion um but uh i I mean it's too bad the the photos app it, it it can edit videos but only to the point where you can trim it and you know change the the look of it you can't really mm-hmm. splice things together and then, and hopefully that'll come there someday soon because it does it so well but um you know I think uh i I haven't seen marquez's st- new uh stuff that he's doing i'll have to have a look for it but yeah. um i mean i he, there's just proof in the pudding that somebody who has all the editing power in the world in his office can do it on his phone i mean that's <laughs> that's a driving force right there to, to maybe yeah. get other people to stay, maybe look at that space absolutely um, yeah so yeah I'm, and it's I'm, not I'm, I'm certainly okay with it and it, it's interesting
0: because the way he approaches it, I think at the beginning, he said, yeah, I'm going to do this whole thing on the iPhone or whatever. Um, but that's not the point of the channel. The point of the channel is the content and the cars and all that. So you forget yeah. that he's shooting this whole thing on an iPhone until there's like a clue that, oh, I could see his reflection in that glass. He's just using his iPhone. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so that 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 is a... Is a you know, another feather in the iPhone's cap, just that these these big name content creators, professional, experienced content creators are able to do what they need to do with with the phone. Now, of course, I'm sure he's bringing all that footage or giving all that footage to his editors. And then they're sitting on giant workstations (laughs) and making it beautiful. Uh, but maybe not. I don't know. Maybe he's editing it himself. I don't know. You know, and and to that, one of the last questions I want to throw at you is, so earlier you mentioned pro raw. We know the, the phone can shoot in pro raw, a raw format. Mm -hmm. Are you primarily shooting in pro raw or do you oscillate between letting it record as JPEG for sharing purposes and then
1: pro raw when you need to do something more professional? Yeah, probably 90% pro raw. Uh, Mm -hmm. I have the, uh, two terabyte, um, iCloud pro uh, or uh, suite or whatever you want to call it. I yeah. do mm-hmm. the uh, Apple one premiere. Um, and you know what? I never run out of space. You know, my phone is a 256 gigabyte phone and it's always got probably at least 40% left, you know, free space on it, mm-hmm. even with all these apps, but I, I offload them, whatever. But, um, You know, so I I really like shooting in Pro-Raw because I like to have that uh, flexibility. Um, And, you know, the iPhone does such a great job when you're sharing an image. If it's shot in Pro-Raw, if I'm gonna put it on Instagram, bang, it's throwing the JPEG up there, or Mm -hmm. or the hike or whatever, you know. And, you know, you really, they've made it to the point now where you don't even have to think about it. Um, I have not had any trouble uploading an image somewhere from a pro raw file on my phone and i don't shoot pro raw plus plus jpeg i just shoot straight pro raw and i mean there are times when i'll turn it off and just shoot jpeg or hike and and you know because i know it's not going to be an image that i'm going to be worried about um like in the apple camera for instance and and dave and i were talking about this on last night's recording of our podcast we went through all the features of the apple camera and when we got to uh, say photographic styles, well, you turn that on raw shuts off, you know, you, you can't shoot one of those, you can't use those photographic styles in raw. So mm-hmm. I know right then and there, if I'm going to use the photographic styles, I'm not going to get a raw shot. And I, so I have have to, I know that, but I mean, I also have to remember that. I have to remember that if this is a shot that I really want to maybe do something with, I'm not going to be able to use that photographic style. So. You know, I'm I'm kind of mindful a little bit of, 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 you know, using it and, you know, when I can't use it or when I don't want to use it. So, but I would say 90, I would say 90%, easily 90% of my shots are Pro-Raw. Yeah,
0: good, good. That's good to know. Because uh, I, I was curious about that because I... Yeah, you know, and, and maybe I'm doing maybe my phone's set wrong or something, but I I had to switch it from Pro Raw back to a most compatible or JPEG or whatever, especially on trips, mm-hmm. because I'm like, okay, oh, yeah, let yeah. me take a picture of you guys. Okay, great, let me send it to you. And then, you know, you hit that whole okay, it's pro raw, I can't send it, or they can't see it, or whatever. JPEG is the universal format. So yeah, that's yeah. that's why I, I tend to shoot in JPEG Um, primarily. And then if I'm going to shoot something where I feel like, okay, I need, I need the the latitude that raw will give me, then I'll switch it Mm -hmm. to, to the raw format. Yeah. But that, that might be just a a workflow thing before, before we end this, you mentioned the hike format, um, which I know a lot of, a lot of people may have seen and may not understand what it is or why it's there or what the benefits or negatives of it. Can you give us a quick synopsis of what that hike
1: format is? i I don't know technically the meat and potatoes of it, but i do know that it's uh just as good or if not better quality uh than jpeg because it can shoot, it can go up to sixteen bit depth or jpeg's only eight bit but yeah. um the the so there's hike which is high uh what was h i e c high image efficiency or whatever yeah um, something like that <laughs> container container where heif or or, HEIF or some some people call it heif heif is uh high efficient or high hei high efficiency image format uh okay. there's all these different formats but um you know it, it for some i don't know somehow they've made it so that it gives you better just as good if not better image quality with a lot less uh, storage space needed for it like you could take Two pictures, a JPEG and a HEIF, and it, the JPEG might be four megabytes. The HEIF might be like two point seven. Uh, yeah. So I tend to use that uh, more so than JPEG. And again, when sharing, the iPhone does a great job at at providing what the, the sort or what, what what the destination needs for a file. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, yeah. so it, it's it's. Um, it's it's a nice format that they put out, and uh, I I I I would far sooner use it than JPEG myself. Again, yeah. for the storage space and, and the quality. And it, it's that format. If I'm not mistaken, well,
0: that um, that's what allows you to do the I forget what the name of it is. The, the motion images, you know, where you tap well, the and you live do a little photos? bit of motion. Live photos. Thank you. Duh. So live photos is that stored in, in that hype format as well, or is that just a Move file? I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Yeah, I want to say it at. is because I, I feel uh, like you can. I feel like you can. Yeah, we have to. We have to look into. Maybe that's another episode. We'll yeah. dive deeper into this stuff. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it is. If folks in the audience know differently,
1: comment on this YouTube video or Dave, or on the Dave blog post. My co-host, he shoots live photos almost all the time. So mm. Dave, you see this? Let me know. <laughs> let us know.
0: Let us know for sure. All right, yeah. So that that was that question. I'm ticking off the list. My last question to throw at you, Greg McMillan, is tips for photographers that are looking. And we'll 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 position this as not not new photographers. So photographers that understand the art of photography, i.e., the uh-huh. Twip audience, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. But they may not have used their iPhone to do pro level work yet. Maybe some, but not a lot. What what would be your tips for them? Whether it be you know, some beginning tips, whether it be like, okay, go get these apps or put your camera in this mode, you know, to record and pro raw all the time. Like what are some, some fundamental tips for the burgeoning or budding
1: iPhoneographer? Number one is be aware that there will be limitations. You will experience times when you won't be able to do what you can do with your traditional camera. Um, but also know that because these things are computational and the, the image is processed on a pixel by pixel basis, it's going to be able to do things that your other camera can't. And the, the best example there is that when you have a, a landscape image with some sky and some foreground, like, uh, you know, something in the foreground, it will expose everything very well. Whereas in my Canon days, I used to have to basically shoot twice, once for the sky and once Mm -hmm. for the ground and then process them and put layer them and mask out and all that stuff. This thing does it so quickly and so easily. It's just mind blowing it when, when you first try doing it. Um, But you know, don't, don't go into it expecting to get a portfolio piece. Um, you know it's it's uh like i say the 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 quality of the optics is not as good as what you'd get with uh, a nikon or or a fuji or whatever um and you know you you want you want to see that difference uh gavin hardcastle photo tripper on youtube did a video where he compared his new it's an android phone but it's a new phone with a good camera system compared that with his sony and I mean, you can see the differences there. So, but uh, another tip is um, just shoot shoot more or shoot lots. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you, you experiment with the different features of the camera. Uh, and if the camera app itself can't do what you want it to do, then you can explore other apps. There's a lot of good camera apps out there. There's Reflex, there's um, Halide, there's Pro Camera, there's Camera M, there's Camera Plus. I mean, there's so many good ones. And you know you'll you're, you'll be bound to gravitate to one over the rest, and um, and that's where you'll get that's where you'll get more control, you know, manual control that you don't have with the Apple Camera app. Um, so you know uh, those are the things that I would suggest right off the bat. Is is don't expect too much, you know, it, other than expect limitations and just shoot lots, and you know. Go beyond the Apple Camera, amp, camera app if uh, if what you want to do calls for that. Um, yeah. The, my buddy in Australia, Shane Mawson, says um, he uses the Apple Camera for everything and it, and until he can't, until, it, until he needs something else. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that, that was a, that was a question. So the Apple Camera, there's a, a bunch of apps out there that can you know, arguably replace the Apple camera, the inbuilt camera mm-hmm. on the phone. Uh, are there any tradeoffs to doing that, though? Like, so if I use a third party camera app on my phone, that means I can't record depth data or something like that. Or do they have access to all the data that the camera can capture just like the native
1: camera app? Yeah, some of them do have portrait mode built in or like they've Mm -hmm. they've, they've managed to build it in. Um, The one that I use, Reflex, doesn't have that, but Halide has it. Um, I think uh, Camera M has it. I'm not sure about the rest of them, but, uh, you know, if if that's something that's important, definitely, you know, go to the App Store entry for that particular app and read up on it. It'll tell you if it's in there or not. Um, But... uh, yeah, you know, the, the the Apple Camera app is pretty fast compared to most of these other ones, um, but well, you know, but they're all they're not that far behind. You know, like uh, Reflex that I use can do a forty eight megapixel Pro RAW image, and mm. it takes a little longer to process it. You know, you can see it in the in the little window at the bottom where it's kind of processing it before it bang before it shows up. It's, it takes a little longer than the Apple Camera app but i mean the apple camera app has a team of developers that is far superior than any of these you know little independents that are out there yeah. so um yeah. you know that that's a uh, uh, one of the advantages of the Apple camera is that it's it's so fast, and the speed is just unreal compared to. And everything that's else. that's
0: why I use it. I mean, I, I use I primarily gravitate to the Apple camera, um, not because you know I have something against the third party cameras, but just because I feel like that I feel like it's OEM right it's like buying accessories for your car you know you want to get oem accessories that that were designed to work with it kind of like like glass i know the the sigma etc make world-class glass right for your for your your mirrorless cameras but at the same time i probably if in a pinch i would likely pick the equivalent nikon Glass before mm-hmm. I would a third party just because it's you know has the same name on it it's gonna work obviously there's gonna be yeah, no gotchas yeah. or, or compatibility issues same well, for brand loyalty, same for the phone you know and brand lo- yeah maybe yeah some brand loyalty Although I'm I'm fickle when it comes to brand loyalty. <laughs> I'm, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm loyal to the art form, not the not the device. Although yeah. I have devices that I love and use because they serve me well, you know, and I will continue mm-hmm. using them, if something better comes along that I'm, I'm not going to continue using something that's arguably inferior on principle, yeah, I'm going to move yeah, to the well, best yeah. thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely move to the best thing. It's up to the manufacturers to keep me interested, not me yeah. to, you know, exhibit some misplaced loyalty in them. Um, yeah, so yeah, all this stuff is, is insanely interesting, right? Because there's so much, <laughs> there's so much that we could we could chat about. Um, I want to leave it right there, though. And put you on the hook to come back on. I'd love to have you back on sure. to continue the conversation. Yeah. Maybe we'll dive down into specifics. You know, maybe we'll dive one, we'll do an episode on macro or maybe doing portrait and portrait, portrait mode, portrait mode on the phone mm-hmm. and kind of start attacking different, different aspects. Like, uh, like our mutual friend, Rick salmon used to told, who mm-hmm. used to tell me, uh, and I still remember his voice in my ear to this day. He used to say, uh, how do you eat an elephant? Because we we're, were talking about some big project I was working on. Oh, he's like, yeah. Frederick, how do, how do you eat an elephant? And he's like, one bite at a time. That was, that was, yeah. <laughs> that, that was Rick <laughs> Salmon's was He has so many salmon it's crazy. He, he totally does. <laughs> he's like your, your uncle. Uh, and I still remember that. He's, he's absolutely right. And we, but obviously what he meant by that is, you know, you, you can almost accomplish any task if you break it down into smaller, smaller bits and, and knock yeah. those out. Same with this kind of stuff. If you want to understand your camera on your phone, start drilling into the individual features, portrait mode, macro mode, you know, the the high efficiency format and what that does Mm -hmm. and raw all that at one at a time so that you understand them and then you can start sort of piecing piecing them together. So Greg, tell it tell the audience where people can find you, where can they find the podcast and and all the good things that you're working on.
1: Okay. Uh, the podcast it has a website, and it, it's at iphonography.ca. Um, now, it's HTTP, not HTTPS, so if you put mm-hmm. in the S, it won't get you there. Uh, I don't know why, but it's built through Wix, Wix.com. Mm-hmm. It, it's a free one, so, I mean, I don't expect much else. But um, <laughs> yeah. So, on the website, you'll see each episode in the blog um, where it, it'll have you the title of it. Uh, at the bottom of those pages, there, there's a link where you can listen to it online. And it'll take you to the podcast page where all the, all the episodes are there. But if you, you know, it, it's available on the Apple podcast app, you know, any major podcast player. And I put out an enhanced version. Um, Martin Bailey kind of got me on this. Uh, mm. I, I've never talked to Martin, but I've, I've listened to his podcast where you could see the images that he's talking about. And I've, I've stumbled across when I, when I process the audio of my podcast, I do it on Auphonic a Mm -hmm. website and you can put chapters in there and then you can upload images. So I thought, Oh, this is great. So now when Dave and I are talking about a photo, you can actually see the photo on the screen in the podcast app and it works on a lot of different podcast app, but not Spotify. I don't know why, but, but anyway, that's, that's where the website or the, that's where the podcast lives on the net. Um, You can find me on Instagram and threads at Macmillan photo uh, on Twitter, or I guess we should call it X now. Uh, Macmillan mm-hmm. underscore photo um, my website is photos, and that's where i put uh, you know articles and things that i've written and pictures that i've taken i got some galleries there and it's always a work in progress but uh, i guess that's um, probably the main areas there there's a few other places but very cool they're, very they're cool. over
0: <laughs> and i i will list um the your your contact links in the blog post for this episode and in the youtube description so people can jumped g- jump straight over and start getting excited about iphonography um, cool. we'll leave it right there Greg thank you for coming on right. I appreciate your time today we went we went double the time that I thought we'd go <laughs> so oh, that's, yeah, that's the mark of I'm, a good interview right <laughs> I, I rarely keep things on time <laughs> yeah there you go there you go yeah so that's cool thank you thanks for doing this and again yeah sincerely I lo- I'd hope I'd love to have you back on the show again to talk more about this stuff definitely in the future. will
1: do it's, it's it's been a pleasure and and, uh, and and like I say an honor to talk to you because I've been a big fan for years <laughs> awesome awesome yeah
0: we, we have to have you come on when uh, when every single time Apple releases a new phone you got to come on and tell us what what the updates to the phone are and why she would care why we should care you know from a photography standpoint cool all right yeah Cool. We'll leave right there. Greg McMillan, iPhone photography expert. Thank you for coming on. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Frederick. This is Twit.